With recent reports showing that inflation is the highest it's been since 1981, we decided to hit the streets of Chicago and talk to people about inflation. Yes, real everyday working people in downtown Chicago giving us their perspective on inflation. We asked them questions like, do they know what inflation is and how badly it's affecting them? And we're gonna play a lot of that audio in this episode as we talk about inflation, how bad we think it's gonna get, how it's gonna affect the midterms, how it's gonna affect our daily and personal lives, and how the leaders of this nation are responding to it. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to the website that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or you can buy some merch. The merch is amazing. And if you know somebody that is interested in the things that we talk about, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. In today's episode, as we cover Inflation Nation from the perspective of Chicago, I must let you know we have our good friend, Vince back on the show. Are you guys getting tired of him yet? Because he's been on the show like like almost every week lately. Of course, you're not getting tired of him. Vince, introduce yourself to the people one more time. For the people that don't know you, because we're getting so many new listeners that there's a bunch of people that are listening right now that know you, but there's a bunch of people that don't know you. So tell them a little bit about yourself, what you got going on, and then we'll get into Inflation Nation. Thank you. Thank you for the generous introduction. Uh, my name is Vincent Williams. I am the founder of Critic at Extra Large.com. It's a blog website, um, you know, just political commentary, social commentary um, from a, crit- you know, from a critical thinking perspective. Absolutely. Great, great uh, articles. I mean, this guy's covered Kevin Samuels. He's covered the 2000 mules he's covered 2000 mules he's covered the shooting at buffalo he's covered the the virtue signaling response of all of these people when it comes to shootings and 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 different crises he's he's covered it all he's great he's almost like the reading version of what this show is in a way he's our good longtime friend doing it and uh we had to bring him along because he was actually in the field with us when we went to go talk to people about how they're being affected by inflation just like he was with us when we went to the roe versus wade um uh uh, abortion rally rally protest that uh that's in louder with crowder that sits next to him 
That's basically who Vince has become. Oh, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, the, that comedian guy. Yeah, yeah uh, Dave Landau. Yeah, Dave Landau. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Dave Landau, they bro. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, and we might. We're not 100 percent sure sure yet, but we are considering going back in the field to the pride parade to so get nasty <laughs> well yeah for you that's how it's going to be for you for us it's going to be getting information because you know it's funny because so vince has been with us handling inflation he's been with us when we covered uh uh did the review on on what is a woman he uh when it comes to abortion and now going back out into the field potentially at the pride parade because there are a lot of questions to that community. You and I, we did an episode recently where it, it was essentially covering what sex was like for a trans woman, which is a man. Yeah. And it, I had to give a disclaimer before we went into that segment with how disturbing some of the stuff is. So now, granted, I am a hundred percent for if you're an adult, if you're about, you know, I'm, I'm for your freedom, your right to privacy, all of that stuff. But now, when we see see it spilling over to children, yeah, I don't know. I think it's worth talking about. I think it's worth seeing where the community's mindset is at. Yeah, because be, because not everyone how, is trans. How? Huh? Not everyone is trans. Not too. everyone is trans. And then also, how refreshing would it be to go to that community? How refreshing would it be for our listeners, for us to go to that community, and and maybe possibly find out that that community at large is not for grooming children or perpetuating that message onto. I think a lot of people. I think that's our job because. Everything is so politicized. You got the left-wing media saying that it's not a big deal. You got the right-wing media saying that it is a big deal. But maybe the reality is is that the, by and large grooming is not that big of a thing. Maybe that community doesn't want children to be groomed. Shit, I always thought Milo Yiannopoulos had a rather refreshing perspective on that when he he pretty much was of the mindset keep kids away from this shit you yep. know what i'm saying so i i think that they, it would be pretty interesting and and there would be a lot of questions to ask just like we asked um with with uh you know about inflation going out into the field so for everybody that's listening there will be audio in this episode a uh, little bit longer form of the interviews that we got while we were in the field. But also, if you go to our YouTube channel, the video of us being in the field is there. So you could check out the video and, uh, you know, like, subscribe, give us your thoughts, all that good stuff. So what was the most prominent thing that stood out to you guys when it came to the line of questions that I had for people when it came to inflation the people that would talk to us because we didn't get as many people yeah to which talk is a little to shocking us. yeah it was shocking yeah. so i guess this would be a a, a a a multifaceted question first side of the question what was the mo the thing that stood out to you the most and then second why do you think it was that we didn't we weren't able to get more people to talk to us about the subject because Going into it, we let them know what we were going to talk to them about. 
So yeah. why um, do you think we weren't able to get more well, people? To me, the most prominent thing, which I I wasn't shocked, but it was just the most prominent thing is it's eight and above how much inflation is affecting you. The only guy that was not affected much was the single guy that lives by himself and his like expenses are low. Didn't have dependents. He stated that. He yeah. says he has a job, his expenses are low, he didn't have dependents, but he also says in his interview how he could see for other people it being a seven, eight, or nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So even then he he's acknowledging and he and, and, and he's expressing that for other people he realizes what it could be. Yeah. How about you, Vince? Uh to answer the first question, the the fact it's the the economy, I mean now obviously the questions were about the economy, but you know, no one brought in any other like they didn't like go off into a tangent about any other political issue or anything they you know like it's large people largely stayed on like yo it's the economy james carville in uh 1992 um bill clinton's financial advisor he said it's the economy stupid yeah and, and you that's know a famous uh political quote and he you know you see firsthand how people are affected by the economy by the economy now i don't think it clicks for some people how their politics affects their pocketbooks like most of the people said oh you know how how big of a voting issue oh it's like a three or one it it was very low one guy said that he doesn't pay attention to politics well if you don't pay attention to politics that's your prerogative but then don't complain about gas prices because that's connected to those two questions presented an interesting juxtaposition because a lot of people were saying, oh, it affects them. Inflation is affecting them greatly. But on the other hand, their pocketbook doesn't rank high in their voting issues. Yeah. That was probably the thing that stood out to me the most. Yeah. Was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> I, it's not just, it's, it's cognitive dissonance. Like, so you say that you care about how you're being affected by inflation but then on the other hand when you vote you don't you don't consider that that's so bizarre to me um yeah it's like saying um you're gonna get a heart attack if you keep eating these burgers you're like at the verge and they're like all right uh, yeah but i'm gonna keep eating these burgers (laughs) well i don't know it's not good for you probably shouldn't eat burgers duh yeah. So that to me, I, I get what you're saying. It's like uh, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It should be kind of on top three. Because because really, like the only person that it would have made sense for is the guy that says that inflation is not affecting him that much. No. Because it's like, well, I'm in a position where it's not affecting me too much, so my pocketbook doesn't have to rank high in my list of issues when it comes to voting. But for everybody else that's talking about some eight and above, how does your pocketbook honestly not rank number one? And that's the thing that I really liked about the two guys that we interviewed in the basement of the Thompson Center. Yeah. Is I felt like they were very honest. Like, I felt like they, I felt like by and large, everybody we talked to, to a certain degree was worried about how they would be perceived by certain by the way they answered certain questions yeah because there's a level of perception 
a negative perception that goes along with saying my pocketbook ranks number one in my voting issues. Yeah. You come off as like selfish and not caring about others. Yeah. But you, well, yeah, this is my vote. I'm voting for what benefits me. Yeah. Like I, this is not this is not the collective's vote. So yeah. this is how this affects me. And and I felt like they were the two that were the most honest about that and said it was number one. And even in that particular interview, I said, I agree. Like, for me, that is no. number one. How can you help anyone if you can't help yourself? So you have to help yourself first. I think it, it ranks pretty high because you got to pay for gas. You got to pay for groceries. You got to live and breathe. And so, therefore, like... In order to help others, you have to be in solid standing with yourself. A hundred percent. And it also is the foundation of essentially everything. Like anything that you want to fix in society when it comes to politics, in some way, shape or form, it's tied to and related to money. Yeah. The only thing is that a lot of times with a lot of people, it comes down to, oh, well, the government should do this. The government should do that. I need, I mean, I want the government to do this and do that because I can't do this and that for myself. But if you were more mindful of your financial situation and maybe the government took less out of your financial situation, you may discover that you're able to do this and that for yourself. Yeah. And in a better form and fashion than the government could do it for you. Yeah, like the 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 two kids that were uh, just graduated. It's like, well, how much gonna... you want to bet that they voted for Biden? Oh well, yeah, <laughs> based tu- off of their tuition tuition uh, reimbursement. <laughs> well, that well, yeah, that they'd probably be in line with that. But but what I'm saying is like they. My point with them is like they're barely graduating. And if once they get a job and once they have to pay for, you know, rent, uh, heat, um, groceries, like once you live by yourself, you're going to see that, man, I, I, I don't know if this is as feasible as I thought. Like, I don't know if this is as easy as I thought. And then that's when you'll be like, oh, well, maybe voting with my pocketbook book in mind is probably a reasonable thing to do. And so to me, coming fresh out of college, you know, a place where you should be critically thinking, yeah. right? <laughs> should be. Yeah, it should be. It, it also shows like it exposes academia because it's like what you're doing is you're locking these kids uh, this is your. This is uh, what you got to do, but don't pay attention to everything else to survive. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's that's a lack of foresight, really. Like, uh, and and it's like you're preparing people for failure. Yeah. And, and what I saw with them was like, man, you really don't know until you know, and when you know, it'll be a little too late for some of the stuff that happens to you. You know what I mean? So so that to me was very concerning. Like. <laughs> what I, is what is being taught in colleges? I think what people what people are realizing firsthand is how all these other issues, you know, uh, you know, gay rights and LGBT plus QI, elemental P and all that stuff, 
yeah, it's true. That's nice to virtue signal and whatnot. But at the end of the day, if you're broke, you know, say if if, if going to the gas pump is, is just completely wiping out your, your budget for the week. That's what that's what people care about. Like all this all this other stuff is is gonna go on the back burner, and 100%. I and I think that's and I think that's part of what's gonna drive the red wave. This uh, I this think November. so. Uh, what you said echoes the sentiment of a tweet that I saw earlier today. It was so just so so on point. It said, "Imagine sitting in your car crying because you don't have enough money." to put gas in your car to get to work and then turning on the TV and seeing politicians talk about January 6th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, the, like Jen, and it just, I think you said this uh, before we started recording, it's tone deaf. It's, it's absolute tone deaf. ABC and... and, and who s- gives a fuck about that? Right? You know who... Nobody. Who gives a fuck about that? People that can afford to give a fuck about it. The the <laughs> the elitists, the coastal elites that, yeah, well, we're good. Life is good. Life yeah. is not a... Fa- oh, you know, yeah, we understand for you shit eaters, inflation is bad. You know... But January eaters, 6th. But January, you got It's about the moral high ground. You have to save our democracy. This, this kills me, though. This kills me. What's the difference between what Donald Trump did and what Democrats have done when it comes to abortion with the assassination attempt to Kavanaugh? And why isn't that on the news as much as that January 6th? Please explain to me. Narrative agenda. Like it it doesn't, you know, it's it's not their agenda. It's yeah. not their narrative. So mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't get spun in the same light. But, but it's a joke. Speak, speaking of Trump, uh, you the uh didn't want the, the guys that we interviewed at the Thompson Center didn't one of them mention how he did that he had uh things were better for him financially under Trump I, I yeah, think yeah yeah I asked them I asked them both that and they both which it'll that's in in that'll play later in the episode in the audio of that particular interview but yeah they they both agreed they before they agreed with that sentiment, they issued a disclaimer. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's the lesser of two evils. And I yeah. and I remember I had to press a little bit. He's like, you know, they, they both have their bad. You know, it's like the lesser of two evils, which is like, of you people say that a lot when it yeah. comes to politics. I was like, yeah, but who was the lesser of two evils? <laughs> man, uh, Trump, man, Trump. Like, at the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's funny, I'm coming across more black people who are starting to realize, like, man, you know, I didn't like Trump or whatever. And that's pretty much because the media told him to not like Trump. But, yeah, I didn't like Trump or whatever. But I had more money in my pocket when, when Trump was in office. But my thing is, even if you didn't like him, because, yeah, you're entitled to not like people. That's the most asinine thing to say, because what does it matter? Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> are you going to sleep with him? Yeah, is, I'm not. I'm not voting for. As a matter of fact, I am. Are you going on a date with him? Are you going out to dinner with him? Like, what does that matter? This the idea of that I don't like this yeah. person. Do you like his policies? Right. Obviously, How you're is saying he yes. Benefiting yeah. you because that's what it really boils down to. I, because I, the reality is, for instance, a Joe Manchin. I don't know if I like this motherfucker. I don't know him. I don't know Joe yeah. Manchin. <laughs> but I like the way he's been voting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's what I care about. I, I don't know him. Yeah. I really don't know anything about this him. This motherfucker might be like... He saved the Republic. I, uh, this motherfucker might be 
any any curly headed ex rapper podcaster named Kill Cartoon <laughs> is a straight bitch. Like he might think that. Yeah. I don't care because I wouldn't know because I don't know him because all I'm all I'm concerned is the way that he votes. And even then you'd be like, well. You save the republic. <laughs> it is what it you, is. You can have that one. Yeah. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> you can have that. That's cool. You and, did that. <laughs> let's let's say that a politician was just a complete white supremacist. Like he hated people like us. Yeah. If his policies are good, that helped that. Yeah, man. That's that exactly. I'd be like, you racist fuck. <laughs> but thanks. Hey, I'm rich. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, because like, as long as you don't get in my way, you can have whatever the fuck. Exactly. Fucking thoughts you have. Because whatever. at the end of the day, I'm not. I'm not going on vacation with you. I'm not spending time with you. Yeah. I'm not talking about life with you. This is literally like your job is to lead. I don't care about any of that stuff. It's like, uh, what's dude uh, from the Clippers? Something Sterling, was it? Uh, Donald, Donald Sterling. Yeah. Donald Sterling, like, you are a racist fuck. You have racist thoughts. But goddamn, you made a lot of black millionaires. Ex- yeah, <laughs> so it's like, which is like, how much of a racist can you possibly yeah. be? Well, yeah. I mean... Whatever what you were saying was racist, but like you didn't stop anyone. Like the you team, you didn't on anybody's yeah, progress. The Clippers yeah. were not an all-white team, right? So it's like, and there, I'm sure in, in in the ranks of employment. Well, all right, I don't like you as a person. I don't think that your thoughts are correct, but your racism isn't systematic, obviously, and so that's that's to me where. You draw the line, which it's like that Uno thing. Remember that story? Yeah, in Chicago. We're, yeah, we're like it was like a Latino uh, president of Uno. So, so yeah, yeah. I'm a, let me give the little mm. backdrop because that's a very good story. Yeah. So, for for people that don't know, I don't know if it's if if it's in other cities, but I know it's in Chicago. Uno is a school system in Chicago, sort of like a charter school almost, where they were typically in communities. That weren't the best, um, in, you know, in terms of like so socioeconomic standing, but they did offer an alternative to education for children, and it was a primarily Hispanic-ran organization, which, mind you, was very highly acclaimed in Chicago. Like I remember yeah. when we were younger, parents saying, "Oh, my kid is in the Uno school." I was able to get my kid in the school. Like yeah. it was always like a big deal for for parents to be able to get their kids in that sort of school. Yeah. And so the guy that was running one particular school, I don't think it was I don't think it was all of Uno. I think it was like one school, one school if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that cuz the story is is a few years old. Yeah. But he was high up in the organization of Uno. And it turns out that there was a lot of nepotism going on. He was hiring his friends. He was hiring family. All who, by by the way, were all qualified for the jobs that they were taking. Yeah. But it was just, it just so happened to be that they were people that he knew it was nepotism. Now go on with what you were gonna say, because I think I know where you're going. But 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 continue what you were gonna say, Rick. Um, yeah, like it, to me, that's systematic. Like shit that that white folks has been doing forever 
Now a Latino uh, dude does it, and now it's a problem, right? And but not only not only the, the the Hispanic was doing it, and now it's a problem. It's the idea that like he was still getting good results. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because that's exactly. the problem that I don't like is like when there's nepotism and the system is failing, like certain agencies and departments here in Illinois, in Cook County, in Chicago. People that we know that that work for these places will tell you how badly these systems and these organizations and these departments are failing. And it's all nepotism, but that doesn't, nobody even winks an eye at that. But this guy that does it with this particular school system, it made, I, I if, in fact, I even think it was a front page story. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. Yeah. So to me, like, that's when. Okay, if we if we're playing the game of football and we come out of the blue, right? And we go by the rule book and all of a sudden you have a problem because we're fucking Indian. I don't know, that seems kind of a little non do it buddy. <laughs> that's what, that's exactly what I would tell them. Like, <laughs> before they they start with their bullshit, don't do it buddy. <laughs> But we, like, don't, we don't even know who the fuck you guys are. You don't ever tell me the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I would. That would be red flags. Like, well, we are playing the game by the rules. So what do you? What What's the problem here? Y'all are Indian. That's what the fucking problem is. Oh, okay. And Y'all that's are racist. Systemic. Yeah. Which is wild because that story it came out and it died. Just like everything else. Yeah. So these motherfuckers that are all for like, oh, the system, oppression, you motherfuckers don't even know it when you see it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, that's part of the, the double and triple cross that's been going on to like blacks and Hispanics. It's like we, they've attacked, not, I think they've done so successfully in the black community and they're trying to do so in the Hispanic community. Where you're trying to attach your skin color to a political ideology. Well, yeah, because and the new proletariat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and because it's like it's really a class warfare that's happening. It's yes. not really a racial thing. It's class. If you're in the upper echelon, you want to keep them dumb. And look, look, you're black. Oh, look, you're Latino. Oh, look, you're Muslim. Uh, let's keep them entertained, and we'll stay in power. That's really what and, it is. And it has nothing to do. And it, you're right. It has nothing to do with race because Obama. You know, people, black people treat Obama like a god. Black net worth fell by a third under Obama. Now, yes, I understand he he did not come into office with a great economy, but his regulations and his bad policies made it worse. Made it worse, and it was the slowest recovery ever recorded. White, the slowest mm -hmm. recovery from a recession ever recorded. White people's net worth. Stagnate, flatline. Uh, Hispanics, I think, dropped by like fifteen percent or something like that. Blacks dropped by over thirty three percent. Jesus, y'all ready for this? The your net worth to take a big hit. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like imagine, imagine if motherfucker, e I ain't even supposed to be here. Take do what you gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> like like dude in Terminator. <laughs> take it <laughs> with the key. <laughs> imagine if. So, like, right now, like, not over 90% of blacks vote Democrat. Imagine if that number was, like, 60%. Like, you know, 60% voted uh, uh, Democrat. 
just think how better of a position financially the black community as a whole would be, or even the, or even the Hispanic community. Well, the black community would be. Uh, right now, as it stands, with Trump, did Nixon numbers. So with Trump leaving and Biden fucking up this bad, I can't help but to think that this might drive black vote more towards Trump. It should. It should. Yeah. I, I, I question if it's going to. But, because but think about this, though. Think about this. Before, you, before you're going to say what you're going to say. With the media, the way they attack Trump as a racist, for, that, for the black vote to still go towards... Like, well, it didn't go towards Trump, but it still grew with Trump more than... Um, I was about to say Joe Biden. More than Romney. More than McCain. More than the Bushes. Mm-hmm. Shit. More than Reagan. <laughs> with what he had to deal with as far as media saying racist, 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 racist. I don't know. The, I don't know. Well, the, the I, I see I see like where what what where you're coming from. It kind of ties into something that I saw earlier uh from something that that Jake Paul had tweeted and we've mentioned him lately. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the YouTube and, guy, right? Uh, yeah, and, and how uh, how based he's been with some of his commentary he says biden's accomplishments number one high gas prices number two worst inflation three plummeting crypto prices which i mean i think that was gonna i don't really i'm not on board with that one i think that was gonna happen regardless four highest rent prices ever five created new incomprehensible language <laughs> but this is the this is the kicker of that particular tweet that ties into what Vince was saying if you're reading this and voted for Biden and you still don't regret it then you are the american problem i think that is boom that is the mic drop right there there are so many people that they are so tribal about this political shit because for as great as it is the idea that politics is entering pop culture in terms of this is the thing this, this it's starting to become water cooler talk people are talking about it more it's Everything it's like, good and it's bad but you know there, there's some good to it but there's some bad to it but go on i, I mean well i, I want to hear you elaborate on that for, but as for, as, for as good as it is the problem is is that there's so many people now that want to talk about this shit but don't realize the level of actually reading and information yeah. to talk about it adequately. And what's and what what I find so so uh, revelatory about the whole thing is I know motherfuckers that could drop stats on Jordan and LeBron, <laughs> like like the back of their hand. Nah, but Jordan this and nah, Jordan when it came to defense and all of this yeah. shit, and that's great. And those are the people like when they talk about that shit. I shut up and listen because I can't do that. Yeah. When when you talk about boxing, I shut up and listen because I can't do that. But and but you can also quote some economic figures. Yeah. You know, oh, there's yeah. these motherfuckers. They want to talk politics, but don't know a hole in the ground from their ass. And 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 now you want to enter the political discourse. So that's my problem with politics entering pop culture is that there's a lot of people. 
that is they wanna they wanna be involved, yeah. but they're so tribal and stupid and ignorant that it's like, oh well, I'm just gonna regurgitate talking points, buzzwords and talking points. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, let me ask you guys this: How do you guys feel about someone that says something like this? Because I, I I went. When uh, Jake Paul tweeted that, I kind of went through the commentary to see what people and so many people had like, oh, like I don't agree, I don't agree. What do you say to someone that says something like this? This is a tweet. Biden doesn't pick gas prices. Biden doesn't control inflation. Biden doesn't control the stock market. Also, don't rely on crypto. Biden doesn't control rent prices. I don't know what language you're talking about. In other words, ratio. Um, I mean, I, I he could, doesn't. I, I could respond to all of that. Like, he doesn't like directly. Uh, 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 he doesn't directly control that stuff, but his I mean, policies do. Yeah, like he's not like he doesn't have like a wizard magic wand to control no. it. But <laughs> I could name you something right now for each one of those things, it, with the exception of the crypto, because I agree with that sentiment. Don't rely on crypto. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I agree with that that person's response. But go down the list, but but uh, uh, bullet uh, for bullet. Oh, uh, okay. bullet for bullet. But just yeah. extract the crypto point because I already okay. I agree with that. Inflation, stock market, uh, rent prices, and gas prices. Inflation. The Fed is already rate uh, 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 racking up on on interest rate hikes, so that'll help. Best thing to do that you can do as the president. Is perpetuate uh, a lowering taxes. You increase productivity by lowering taxes. Incentivize productivity by more gas, by more taxes. Because all this motherfucker knows how to do is, oh, these corporations and the top one percent, they're not paying their fair share. Well, why don't instead of you saying that, say, no, you know what? We want to increase productivity, and we want to incentivize productivity. Yeah. So that the demand, the supply can meet the demand, that'll enhance the value of the dollar like it did with Trump. At the same time, we are going to um, incentivize perhaps a little bit more saving, perhaps a little less reliance on credit through the price rate, the, the, the interest rate hikes. So right there, boom! That that helps with that helps with inflation. All things that the president can fight for, can push the message on. What was the next and thing? And doesn't do gas prices. Gas prices. Oh well, that's an easy one. Like we have oil here. We have we we can we can produce here. Honestly, it'll drive gas prices down if this motherfucker even starts talking like he's about to start doing it. Because then. Um, all these other nations where we get oil from, they're gonna start shaking and being like, "All right, well, you know, we better, we better chill out." But it, that's like strict incompetence, right there. Rent prices. Rent prices. I mean, obviously, that's a that's economics one on one. That's supply and demand. Obviously, you have more demand than you have supply. Which what does that do? That gives the liberty. I, I own real estate. You own real estate. Yeah. So you're getting. This is that Elon Musk shit where Elon Musk, even though he, he makes electric cars, he's over there saying U.S. should increase oil production. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm doing, right? I'm actually, like, working against my own my own <laughs> interest right now by telling you motherfuckers this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm on my Elon Musk shit. <laughs> 
it's a supply and demand thing. If if there's if you're able if you're able to rent stuff at a certain price, that means that there's people out there that are willing to pay for it. That's market. That's the market right there. So what do you do? How do you how do you lower the demand of something by increasing the supply of it? How do you increase the supply of of affordable living? And low ending really damn near ending regulation so people could build. We were just talking about this when we were in the field the other day. On the south side of Chicago, there is so much empty lots and abandoned properties that could either be knocked down and and built in that spot or or um or or can be rehabbed. But no, because what does the city want to do? Oh, we want to send inspectors. We want to. We want this. We want to tax. So yeah, motherfucker don't want to put no money in that. But if you remove all of that, shit, I might start messing with some of that stuff. That's how you do that. But but these people, all they know is tax and regulations. That's all they know. They're not business owners. They've never ran a business. They've never cultivated anything economically. They don't know anything about that stuff. But it's that simple supply and demand. Now, and then if you really want to help people even more, that landlord or that owner or that company or whomever that, that buys these properties, buys that land, builds on it, develops it, whatever the case, you want to, let's say, maybe really help people incentivize them to keep rent at a lower rate or, or or say hey if you keep rent at market or below market value yeah we'll give you a tax incentive we'll we'll cut your taxes so yeah. now now okay well you know what maybe i'm not making money on the front end when it comes to rent but on the back end i'm holding on to more of my cash yeah. because i'm keeping rent at a certain level and guess what now people it's like damn this place and then guess what? You start to develop communities because people stay longer in a place because yes. it's affordable. All of that stuff, well, all of that, all of that could be done. But all, what do these motherfuckers know to do? January sixth, yeah. re- uh, 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 ta- um, high taxes and regulations. That's all they know. And then lastly, the stock market. The stock market. Well, that I mean, right now what we're seeing in, with the stock market. That's that's, that's a com- that's yeah. a culmination of things that have kind of been brewing for a while, overinflated and everything like that. That but that has also, to crash. In, but in also bit. that does also tie in to productivity yeah. because yeah, it 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 was going it was bound to go down anyway. But if you give optimism through policies that incentivize productivity, it's not going to go down as bad. And it's not going to stay down as long. And to me, all of that culminates to the most important question. With all those things that we just talked about, who do you feel more comfortable as the negotiator, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Uh, that's that's not even a question. Trump, 100%. Like Anybody at this point that doesn't see that, again, back to what Jake Paul said, you are the problem. 100% you are the problem. Like if you don't see that by now, you're the problem. Just I like whatever. Then like, you what we should do is cut out a piece of of territory in the nation for people that support that shit. <laughs> and y'all live there. Y'all live there and run California. And, right. Exactly. That's a big state. All you motherfuckers <laughs> go to California. Yes. No, but y'all are leaving. 
that's funny because Candace Owens a couple years ago made that exact uh, <laughs> uh, 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 thing. She like, listen, all these liberals, we're gonna give y'all like six or seven states, and y'all can and y'all can go there <laughs> and y'all can tear those states up all you go want to. Go to town. That'll be California that'll, dream. Groom, groom kids, <laughs> however you want to groom them. Jesus. Uh, uh, have as many shit. abortions as you want. Inflate the dollar as bad as you want. <laughs> Fucking give all your money to Ukraine. All that shit. Do everything. All that shit that y'all want to do. We'll do have it to build all. a wall. Ban, <laughs> ban Tucker Carlson. Like whatever the fuck you want to ban us. Whatever you want to do. Do it in those states and leave us the, the rest of us. Leave us alone. So couple. So couple things I want to say. So one, I want to piggyback off your point. In some of those poor heavy regulated neighborhoods there's what's called food deserts yeah there's like one grocery store in yeah. within like a five ten mile radius but why don't but why don't grocery stores want to invest there because there's a clearly opportunity yes but but crime it's crime ridden in in most cases these cities these cities are in 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 democrat these places are in democrat ran cities which are crime ridden heavily regulated and heavily taxed yeah. so the incentive is not there for a grocery store to want to open well yeah of course there's going to be a food desert mm -hmm. well, and, and well, i and i've been in retail before and when there's when there's stores that are competing within a close proximity of each other they're they're bad they're the lowering prices they're the bad the yep. customer wins because because there exactly there's competition so now there's a food desert oh well we got this area on lock here pay this uh four bucks for a gallon of milk that's what <laughs> happened that's what happened with the whole foods in inglewood and like yeah. they're, they're going out of business because that's exactly the case and and it's funny because you know i know a lot of people in that community and there was a running joke in the community where they would call whole foods whole check because you'd have to spend your yeah. whole check. <laughs> you, would, you would have to spend you would have to spend your whole check there. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, but now now if there That's funny, but of, it's not funny. There's a lot of land in that area. Now yeah. let's say there there was that Whole Foods and then not far from there there was a Pete's market. Yeah. Oh now there's competition. Yeah. Now and in fact that might have actually benefited the Whole Foods because they might have kind of had to cultivate themselves in a way yeah. where they have to lower prices and then end up actually staying in business. But That's yeah, a, it was just... Like where I'm at, it's just so amazing because it's like Jewel, there's uh, Aldi's, there's a Food for Less, there's uh, Mariano's. It's like all the competition it's like yeah and so then it's like and then it's great too for the person shopping because like what the fuck tomatoes oh hell no i'm going to yeah oh i'm gonna go here exactly. and it's like all literally all in like the vicinity. Right within uh, yep, yep. within a few blocks vicinity it, it's, it, it does it does help now coming into uh because they're gonna there has to be some type of reform for some of this stuff like if you were if you guys were were like in an administration, not for these people. There's no reform for them. Like no, 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 no. I'm saying after Biden. Like let's say it's a Republican oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. coming in, a Republican coming in. How? What do you do to kind of reform the thought process or the laser? Well, like, to me, I think education, academia needs to start switching. But I don't know if that's even a a thing that you could do. Well, you could one thing that, uh, you you could uh, you could get rid of, which I think would would be good, which. Uh, uh, Trump's Secretary of Education. She she would get so much hate. Well, uh, what was her name? Bet uh, Betty. 
Was it? Be- yeah, yeah. We're on. We're on track. Betty Devoe. Yeah, yes. yeah, Something yeah. Like exactly. That. There we go. Three heads are better than one. But she was an advocate for getting rid of the Department of Education. I like. I like that idea because, because Betsy Devoe. Betsy Devoe. Okay. Because what what you end up doing is. Rather than it be like a federal blanket, it's essentially like the equivalent of what we've talked about recently with turning over turning over Roe versus Wade, where academia will be based off of certain states. Yeah, that's essentially what Ron DeSantis is fighting for now with the the academia of of uh, elementary school, like not wanting kids to be groomed, certain yeah. things not being talked about in the classroom or whatever the case like that. He wants that for his state. Fucking Illinois, California, y'all could be as gay as you want. Talk about yeah. whatever gay shit you want to talk about to kids. Yeah. I don't understand why that's in the classroom. Well, whatever you do, you. But here in Florida, we're, we're not on that. It should be education. And then, and, and then Exactly. And then in that vacuum, what can you fill that with? I don't know. Maybe teaching kids about taxes or credit or something that they mm-hmm. could actually use in their lifetime. Or whatever the hell you're going to go to school for. Like, what, what does being gay or straight have to do with you being a chemical engineer or a nurse or a doctor or a teacher or a grocer? Whatever the fuck you're going to do. Yeah. Or I, a janitor or anything, you know? I was having this conversation with uh, my step, with, with a family member, and um, I mentioned about school vouchers. How um, Obama, he he ran on school vouchers, and then he had a conversation with a uh, Dick Durbin, senator of Illinois, and then uh, oh, you know, school vouchers destroyed the public school system. Well, here's the thing: school vouchers. If you give a family a voucher to go to a school that's outside of their school district, well, these public schools they get their funding based off of enrollment. Like yeah. how many kids are enrolled in their school? Well, if you if if enough families start using school vouchers to go to other schools outside their school district, that crappy p- public school is going to start losing funding. Yeah. So then, okay, well, we're starting to lose funding. Well, what can we do? Let's make the curriculum better. Let's uh, let's uh, make things better for uh, you know for the for the teachers. Let's start making the schools safer. These you know, and those things will help bolster the uh, education. hundred percent. You're yeah. you're absolutely on point with that. John Stasso did a report. Uh, this was a while ago, but he did a report about a particular school that would take school vouchers, and they would end up using like three fourths of the budget per student. So. This, just for the sake of argument, I don't know what the exact figures were, but like, let's say it was forty thousand dollars per student. Yeah, the voucher they would only use thirty thousand dollars and educate the kid better. So it was great. Yeah, but yeah. Of course, the city and the teachers union fought very hard mm-hmm. to stop that because what happens now? Yeah. You can't tax pre- a person more. You can't because. The, it, well, at least here in 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 uh, Chicago and Cook County, Illinois, the majority of our property tax goes to the public school system. Well, there's a lot of issues with that. For yeah. one, what about the person that doesn't have kids? So I, because it ain't like y'all teaching it. It's not like my future is any better by my tax dollars going to this public school system, because it's a shit. It's a shit yeah. job. Like you guys yeah. are doing a shit job. So. 
I don't feel very optimistic about that. That's number one. Number two, the people that are really getting shafted are the people that send their kids to private school and are still paying the same rate in property taxes. Yeah. That's even crazier. The idea that like you're literally, in, in, in essence, you are literally paying for your child's school twice. You are paying the tuition at the private school and you're still paying property taxes. Actually, come to think of it, if someone actually looks at the literature, is there a case to be made that, to sue like the state for stuff like that? Like, well, listen, Please let me see your results, and then let me see where my tax dollars. Are. I mean, there would be a case if more people were talking like this. Yeah, yeah. That that's but but and and that's where I was gonna get to. I I was I was gonna get to the uh one of the the best things that could be done in terms of if if there is a red wave is minimizing the censorship of big tech because then you get people talking more who else is who's on board with that who's the number one face right now in the republican party ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. yeah you know what i'm saying and and that because you get the you get this can become a conversation of a hundred thousand people online what we're what's happening right now yeah. mm -hmm. and that's what they're scared of they're scared of ideas like that because Look at what we've seen just in this time of of, of the purchase of, of Twitter uh, by Elon Musk. The 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 weird algorithm changes of like how much our our followers have bolstered. Yes. It's like so were we being shadow banned? Like so are certain conversations yeah. being down throttled? Like what's really going on with yes. all of that? Yeah, it, you, half you of our viewers, all of that. Or half of our followers were like fucking what if what happened thanos yeah fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> snapped his fingers what happened oh, which which uh i still want to have that oh. debate with you <laughs> never seen it <laughs> i have not i have a this is a bit out of left field but what if to help improve the economy term limits because politician has become a career choice like you got joe biden 50 years in, in politics. Nancy Pelosi, 40-some years in politics. Are, are they, oh, are, yeah. They're not business owners. So there was this, uh, back in the 80s, there was this Democrat. His name was George McGovern. I want to say he was a senator of Minnesota, I believe. Don't don't quote me on that. But um, he ran for president three times. He failed all three times. And in his dying days, when he got out of politics... He said, you know, I wish I had been a business owner before I ran for president uh -huh. because that would have helped me become a better politician. There's a lot of things because because after he got out of politics, he tried to open like a um, like an inn, like a hotel, like an inn. Yeah. I N N chain. And um, it failed. Like he he failed. He lost a lot of money. And that's when he, he realized, like, yo. I wish I had ran for. I wish I had become a business owner before I ran got into politics because now I see there's a lot of things that go into business owner that us as politicians don't know because we're so detached. Well, that's kind of what and, reminds me. Oh, go ahead. And and if you have term limits, well, that way you get you get all these politicians out of politics who aren't business owners. AOC has never run a business before. 
Yeah. Ilhan Omar has never run a business before, to my knowledge. No. But some of these Republicans have. Uh, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's she's ran she's ran a business. But before. when you understand the nuances of well, I I can't fail, <laughs> you know. And you have so you have that business experience. So now you're not going to be so quick to tax and spend, tax and spend. No, exactly. That's what it, I like about that guy you you put me on uh, when it came to like the music industry, Russ, because I've watched a lot of videos and like he says a lot of truths. Like there's one video where he's like, well, yeah, you know, why would you go on a label when all you have to do is observe what they do? As long as you know someone in Apple, Spotify, this, this and that, as long as you get your hire, your own AR. Yeah. Like and then do whatever you're going to do and kind of you know promote yourself in a certain way why would i get in a record label that is going to use the same people i would use and 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 rape me for yeah, it yeah you know what i'm saying a hundred percent so um with with what we were talking about one of the things that like the if there is a red wave and, and i think uh in the book woke inc uh vivek ramaswamy he um encapsulates what we're talking about right now, uh, great. So the, the the law is Section 230, which that provides the immunity to big tech platforms when it comes to like being able to essentially like do things the way that they that they want to do yeah. and and that and they can't get sued for it. So now what's good about how he covers it? He does a very good job at balancing it because I. Um, Jack Dorsey from Twitter, he said something that's very true. He said, if you get rid of Section 230, what ends up happening is a big tech platform could be sued pretty much out of business. You you get what I'm saying? And then it would be very hard for other big tech platforms to, to rise. So it would really need to be an amendment to 230. And what the amendment would be is if you are going to benefit off of the provisions of Section 230, then you have to govern yourself the way that a federal institution would govern when it comes to the First Amendment. Yeah. If you're going to benefit off of Section 230. If you don't want the benefits of Section 230, and you don't, or, or, or rather you don't <clears throat> want to govern your platform like a federal institution would be forced to govern the first amendment you don't have to but then you don't get the 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 immunity of section 230 exactly that's a good balance it's like yeah. do you want these provisions or do you don't or do you not that's the balance that's fine, but and then that's not that's not heavy-handed either as the no. government it's not saying no you have to do this no you could do what you want to do but are you, so are free speech or not Immunity or not? Which yeah. one do you want? And then that's it. And that's very nobody could at that point nobody could say, oh, the 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 Republicans they're so heavy handed and and it's government. No, you got the choice. Do what you want to do, yeah. baby. Do what you want to do, baby. Everything has a cost in I, life. Because like, pretty much Twitter is like a, a public square utility. For well, now, for, it is. for the yeah, for the most part. <laughs> well. And and they're banning people off of speech. Well, that would be the equivalent of Verizon Not banning. Anymore. You know, you can't make phone calls on your Verizon service because 
of a certain topic in a phone conversation. That would yeah. that kind of be the equivalent to that. Essentially. No. Uh, so, you know, it, it definitely has to be looked at. So that's one thing they could do right off the bat. Obviously, I doubt Biden would sign it. But you start fighting for it. And then maybe maybe yeah. they, if it's an overwhelming majority, you see where the country is at. Honestly, I wouldn't even worry about that right now. Do it after November when this red, red wave comes. Now, if Barr, let's say there is no red wave, I highly doubt it. Now, then, it has to be the right way, red wave. Well, yeah. It has to be that fucking Tea Party-esque as Trumpist fucking type of red wave because those are the motherfuckers that are actually willing to fight not none of these Mitt Romney ass types I would also I would also advocate for a tax cap like I don't like the idea that like we don't have I get it maybe right now we're not in a position to implement a flat tax even though that would be something that should be worked towards because that is true equality no matter what you make, you pay a certain percentage. This progressive tax shit is crazy. The higher up you go, the more you got to pay in taxes. I think that shit yeah. is asinine. But I get it right now. We're not at the place where we can implement that. But at least I, I think it would be good to get the ball rolling to implement a tax cap. Yeah. Where it's something written. What well, depends. Because like Trump's tax plan, I felt I feel like. All these, I feel like the Democrats don't understand. Like, you're taxing wages? Like, what the fuck? Because, like, if the tax code says invest in real estate, you get tax cuts. No, they understand it. They just. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so you're taxing what? A doctor? Because that's not a business. You dumb fucks. You know what I'm saying? He's making 300000 Yeah, but he's still, it's a W 2 employee. Yeah. So, so unless he ta- owns his own like practice, his yeah. own clinic, or, yeah. So know. technically, what is that taxing the rich because he's a doctor? Like he's like, still a W two employee. Yeah, like so, you, you get taxed. Like you, you get taxed. Your money gets taxed before you get it. And now with this uh, super inflation going on, yeah, you're getting. It, that's pretty much another tax. It's taxed even if you're not spending it. Yes, yeah, so it's moronic because like you know, you know, you're not gonna dare tax business people well you the people try to do that but like why why do you think we would do business here then why would we do business if you're waiting for me without lube to take my ass like no 100 i'm going to another country I, now that's and that's my point like for instance i was watching the cnbc video the other day where it was talking about, which I didn't know. I knew a lot of people were moving out of California, but I didn't know that there was. I'm, I'll send it to you guys. There, um, uh, there's people that are not only moving out of California; they're moving out of California and living in Mexico, working in Cal. So they're American citizens and they work in California. But it's getting to the point where motherfuckers are going to start crossing the border going that way. <laughs> So this this couple is this couple. There's it's two guys. They were talking on 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 that particular uh, video from CNBC, and they were saying that how wherever they were in Cali, I'm not exactly sure what city. It must have been like San Diego or something like somewhere down there. real south. Yeah. yeah, but um, they were they were, but then too now people could re- work remotely, so it, yeah. they may not have been. But anyway. Uh, they said wherever they were in Cali, they were they had a cramped one bedroom apartment paying sixteen hundred dollars a month. Mm. They moved 
to in rent they move to mexico they're paying rent but they have a three bedroom house with a pool with a patio the video shows all of this yeah. and they're paying 800 dollars a month yeah. so they're making that american bread because they both have their jobs in the united states yeah. but but they're living in mexico like you know what i would do if i was a cartel there i'd be like do not Fuck with that neighborhood, <laughs> or we will start killing motherfuckers. Right, because this is good for us. Yeah, it's good for us, and like y'all destroyed where you're from yeah. because you motherfuckers like literally voted for this shit. Yeah, you know, and again it goes back to what Jake Paul said. Like, if if you voted for this motherfucker, you still have not. You don't regret it, and you're not yeah. admitting it. You're the problem. Like, um, I think Wall Street Journal did a. a something along those lines last year all these people like these democrat states are seeing mass depopulation yeah cali illinois minnesota and and where are they going they're going to texas they're going to indiana they're going to florida and mind you some of them are still bringing their idiotic politics which is so crazy to me (laughs) to to their new place i wonder what the percentage would be for that because because like for example remember what we were talking about about texas and we're like, damn, a lot of people from Cali moved to Texas. And we're like, will they bring the politics with them? And then Texas went like, as far red as you fucking can? Yeah, mm-hmm. especially by the border. Yeah. It's, it's the border towns, they're going very red. So was that was that just Texans being like, nah, fuck that? Or was that the people that came also voted red? Well, it, that's interesting. And I think it, it, that's something that would require a deep look. Tucker Carlson has covered it a little bit. I've been reading a little bit about it because, like, I've been, as I prep myself, like, for the midterms, I've been, like, looking at a lot of, like, trends and where certain places voted and stuff like that. And they voted in those border towns. They start, they're starting to vote, like, very far right. But they say that a lot of their vote is being powered by how many people are coming in through the border. So it may not it, it may not necessarily be that the people that are starting to populate Texas from California are voting right. Yeah. It's just that those those people on those border towns, they're really not liking what they're seeing and more of them are voting right. Yeah. So I I I think it, it but that would be very interesting to see some numbers on how many people are coming from liberal states and and still voting liberal? Yeah, yeah. Because then that would be like, well, you're just not a smart person. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I that actually that actually bunks uh, the Biden administration's plan. Because I I think part of the reason they had such an open borders policy is because they were planning on all these people voting Democrat. So they're you know they're trying to they were trying to get a new voting block in and it looked. It could backfire on them. Yeah. That may not be a bad video to do one day in the field, but, like, well, obviously, like, go to, like, Cali and, like, talk to people and then save that footage and then go to, like, a conservative state. Like, Texas? And kind of get, like... Talk to, like, like those border militias? The the border towns and stuff like that. Damn. Let's do it. You know, I... I, Let's go. The Hanging with Apes, baby. (laughs) Hanging with Apes podcast. (laughs) Oh, that'd be that'd be wild. That that would be that would be uh like just to see just to be there and just observing like what 100%, they're doing. 100%. 100%. Talking do, to people at the this. border that that live there. Oh man. Coming soon, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, but no, it was it was it was a uh, badass doing those interviews because like the ones we did for the inflation cuz the consensus really was like, yeah, we're feeling it and it sucks. Yeah. And the people that don't feel it are either mm, they're not living by themselves or if they do live by themselves, they're no dependence, no nothing. So yeah. And and what's great about this conversation is that it shows our lack of tribalism. Well, yeah, because when we when when you were interviewing, it wasn't we. It wasn't a debate. It was a we're not. We're here trying to find out what's going on. Nobody there would have known where I stood politically. Yeah, because like um, because like um, for example, the uh, we off camera we had a conversation one time, and you said. If it was uh if if it was between Joe Manchin or Mitt Romney, yeah, for for a presidential election, yeah, I would vote Joe Manchin. Yeah, yeah, and once and Manchin's the Democrat. Yeah, so you know, well, it's what's best for the republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. really, you know, I'm on some and and, and you just criticize the uh, the progressive tax system, which was George Bush's tax plan. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't rock with that shit at all. So yeah, you know, it's not it's not about being it's not about being tribal. It's about policies and principles that um that work for the nation. Um we're we're on some Varys shit, Lord Varys. <laughs> <laughs> like he really like didn't care who was running the, the the thing. Like you know, who was running, but it's like, well, it's about what's best for, you know. Yeah, in Game of Thrones. The only thing is we still have our package intact. <laughs> Unlike my man, who's a, what, what do they call him, a eunuch? Yeah. A eunuch? He had his shit cut off. Yeah. Like Brian Stelter over at CNN. <laughs> <laughs> and Carlos Mencia. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, um, so going forward with everything that we've just in detail talked about greatly... Is there any way there's not a red wave in November? Do you even think people are making that connection? What do you mean? Between how they're going to vote in November with everything that's going on now. And, and, and I'm talking wide scale. So in the nation, not here in Chicago, but but throughout the nation. I'm going to be honest before you answer, Vince. I don't know. All signs point to yes, there's going to be a big red wave, but I, uh, what yeah. happened to Donnie T? I'm so, skeptical because, bitch, I watched 2,000 Mules. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where I was going to go. If, yeah. if there's some funny business, if there's another COVID lockdown where they could, uh, you know, implement some... Um, which we, the other day, remember, we were delving in... Well. You mentioned China and the COVID, the zero COVID policy they have, and I was yeah. talking about. It, it was I, I would admit it was a little bit down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theory, but I am of the belief that they. I think I, I believe that China is worried about the our midterm elections because mm-hmm. they know how bad things are going, and here we actually have a choice to vote, unlike over there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like a real choice. And I think they're worried about how badly it's going to affect them because 
if Donnie T being in office four years affected them negatively economically, they devalue their currency. Yeah, I would imagine that a red wave of Donnie T minimis yeah. is not going to benefit them greatly. Coupled with the fact that you brought up when we were having that conversation, Vince, how vulnerable they are right now economically because they're not in a great place economically no. right now, China. Nope. there's There's been several times throughout the years where China has been on the ropes economically and every time some Democrat <laughs> president helps you know bail them out yeah there's a great there's a great youtube channel if if you guys want to um get some quality news about china uh it's called oh subscribe now let me see <laughs> i'm i'm actually looking for it now Let's new information see. i love new information is it wvon or something like that no, no. it's uh china i'm i'm looking for it now yeah, I'm gonna give you guys one that I but, like. But yeah, you know, China. I mean, China is really China. On China uncensored. Ch okay, China sure. uncensored. It has very good information about China, and in in that YouTube channel, um, they talked about this guy. the The guy, the main host of the show, he talked about how what he predicts for China is that if they keep trending bad economically. And there's a, a bit of an uprising when it comes to their people. We could see China broken up into a bunch of different countries. Oh wow! wow. Hmm. So I I'm a China bit skeptical uncensored. of that. China uncensored. China uncensored. That's the that's the YouTube channel. Oh wow! What, what's this guy's name? I don't remember his Cri name. Chris Chapp Chappelle. I'm not 100% oh. sure on his name. Uh, one that I like, even though, you know, sometimes the titles tend to, you know, I don't know how much to believe as far as I work, because it's like he makes predictions, but I do like that, like, when it comes to trade, you kind of get, like, good information is Jack Chappelle. I don't know if you've, I've sent you some videos on him, so he'll have, like, certain ones where it's like the incoming great economic mega drought of 2000 whatever and then he'll talk oh yeah yeah and so it's it's badass like I, like I don't know what, how his predictions will pan out for certain things but what I do like is he'll talk about certain stuff that like um, Australia and China got into it because of COVID mm -hmm. and like that really fucked up China because China's pride like they were like no we're not going to take your coal <laughs> and then and then that ended up biting them in the ass that's why those power outages were happening so like when it comes to like more like economic stuff i like that because it's like you know you don't get that information so far out because not a lot of people like to delve into that and, and that's another thing that i it's great you brought that up because that's another thing that i think china fears is if we have a bunch of politicians that are america first because that that's the thing um that's the big thing now it's not just republican conservative is is this person like MAGA America first type mm -hmm. type of candidate? And if, if they're America first, becoming more independent, becoming more reliant, uh, self-sufficient, reliant on ourselves, that's all bad for China. That's yeah. all bad for them. So I think, you know, in that conspiracy theory rabbit hole, I, I, I feel like they're going to try to ramp up the, the virus stuff as we get closer to midterms. The um, as far as to answer your question, I do believe that. um, 
Jesus Christ. That's a tornado warning. Tornado warning, everyone. To, to answer your question, I do believe that um, I think for the most part, everyone is going to shift to the right except black women. I think I think black women. I, I'm dead serious. Hey, I, it, it, I think it, black women. That's exactly what, what happened, happened in the last yeah. presidential election. Like they they are the most loyal uh, uh, part voter block of the Democrat Party. But at this point, though, if that shit doesn't move, I, I don't know what. There's nothing to say. I would just look at that demographic as like, well, we can't save y'all. It is what the it is. Shack up standard. How <laughs> how would it Gosh. affect them? <laughs> so. We haven't talked about the shack up standard, but it, which oh, it ties yeah. into it. We'll, we'll talk about it briefly before we end the episode. And then as the episode ends, it'll go into the interviews that we took while we were out in the field. And that'll be that. Um, so we've been in the developmental stages. We sh- we actually should collaborate on an article, all three of us, about the, yep. that, the, the shack up standard. Um, but anyway, we've been in the midst of developing a theory, if you will. Um, so, are, are we sure? Yeah, we talked about the hem, the hemline. In I think that, we the talked hemline about the index, the lipstick effect. But yeah. So, yeah, so I think we talked about the shack up standard. You know, we we might been have doing so much content. Lately, yeah, right? it's like. But I, I, but I, anyway, we talk about it all. Anyway, and but I'm sure everybody hasn't heard about it. But so the the lipstick effect, the hemline index, and now the shack up standard. Yeah. So the lipstick effect is something where it it pretty much is it, it's essentially women that are used to having a certain quality of of high end luxury product. When things turn down economically, they still want a high-end product, but maybe just with a smaller price tag. So a perfect example is, let's say, a woman that was used to buying fur coats or fancy purses or fancy shoes that cost maybe hundreds of or thousands of dollars now will still want a high-end product, but like lipstick, uh, a, a, a smaller high-end product but still high-end product which uh, there is some cost less there is some data to back that up uh during the 08 09 economic downturn exactly. uh, maybelline was up the, like six percent the one that i don't think was a hundred percent on par and accurate was the hemline index yeah. because that's a theory that says that as things are good economically women's skirts are shorter and as things are bad economically their skirts get longer. Yeah. We naturally, I would think that it would be the opposite. In my mind, I would, yeah. anecdotally, I would think, well, things are worse economically. Why wouldn't that shirt get, that skirt get shorter? Yeah. You have the opportunity to get more guys. For the right guy. Right. For the it right, might get but, shorter. Exactly. But for the right guy, it might get shorter. But at the same time. The right time, guy will come off. But 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 at the same time, it kind of ties into like, well, maybe when things are good economically, women are more so living in the mode of, well, I don't need a man. I'm free. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm going to dress and be how I yeah. want to be versus yeah. things are bad economically. I got to front like I'm more conservative than I really am. The sexual marketplace also has a hand in whose skirt gets shorter if you think about it because see we have a lot of women who really think they're tens 
Often and, sad to the article. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, this will <laughs> kind of laughing. Be... Vince over here laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. now you're yeah. right. Because <laughs> like, like for men, like you could be like you can't. Uh, there's always going to be a standard for men and women, but for women, because looks are much higher on the scale, all these women who thought they were doing it, when shit gets hard and motherfuckers are not really trying to get with you, they're just trying to hit. You're gonna be like, man, I really can't get a boyfriend. I'm, I need to now date at my level because yeah. that's the only way I'm going to be able to survive this. If, if you're thinking so, about it from a so survival... Then, so then, in, so in response to that thought front, like they're more conservative? Yeah, get more, be more conservative. So like, get a guy, shack up with him, and well... The shack the, up standard. Yes, the shack up standard. And, and that, that young ass dress gets all the way to the ankles. Because I'm married now. Yeah. I got a ring. She's going to be Muslim. Somebody chose me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. she's going to be covered up because like, oh, I'm surviving right and now. And so our theory with the shack up standard is that with all of that other stuff, well, RX really was starting to get into it. With all of that, you're going to have a lot more people ending up wanting to to live together and move yeah. out in together shack up yeah because rent prices are so high and and perhaps not, and remember yeah we did cover it because we yes. talked about that tweet where that it, oh, it was a viral yes. tweet where the girl was saying yeah. these rent prices are starting to look real relationship yeah i, I think so wild which yeah. is so wild you <laughs> but know? it's kind of a it's it's the way it, you look at that's, it. That's economics, really. Yeah. yeah. And so, so I think that we really need to make this us three and uh, invite Wheat Waffles and Sandman. <laughs> oh I think my god! Be... <laughs> How epic of an episode oh, would that be, dude? How epic! We should a... reach out. Yeah. Why not? Why for, not for that? It's so much content. Like we do that article. We do such an episode. I mean, when, when do we compete with the Daily Wire? You oh, know, yeah, yeah. Wait, we're no, coming which, for you. Which, by the way, I subscribed to the Daily Wire for a month so we could review what is a woman. And this is just total sidebar, but it's worth mentioning. Run, hide, fight. Check it out if you get a chance. Yeah. Easily a four-star movie. It's not corny. It's not campy. It's not like anything you think would have any motion picture that you that would have been produced by a conservative outlet it's a great movie really yeah, yeah it's great not classic but it's great it's yeah. a four star it, four star great movie. it was so it wasn't you don't you know because i thought oh was the daily wire that's just probably be kind of corny or no not no. corny at all like i said i i think i was talking to you a little bit on the phone my review of the movie the acting is great the cinematography is great the the directing is great the writing is good there's the the writing it uses a lot of plot devices at times that are kind of a, a little cliche at this point yeah um so s some of the plot devices could have been a little bit better and i feel like the main antagonist some aspects about him weren't, weren't fully fleshed out. Like, for instance, he doesn't come off as a guy that would do a school shooting. Um, okay. He's a little bit like too witty and charismatic. Like, I feel like, I, I feel like that that's a guy that in high school 
would be liked enough by enough people where he wouldn't feel compelled to do it. Because if you notice, mm. when it comes to all of these shootings, these are people that are loners. They're not very liked. They're bullied. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like the way his character is doesn't really fit the mold. I see. Of He's a good antagonist, but like he would be the antagonist more so in like a regular typical action movie like something yeah. not as grounded as I feel like this movie is going for yeah yeah, yeah. Um, the, the protagonist the girl very very believable relatable in a lot of ways nothing like Ray in in the in 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 the, in the Star Wars <laughs> series where yeah. she's like super powerful and yeah. and it's like so empowered. No, she's very human. Yeah, when she meets people that are physically bigger than them, she gets her ass beat. It's not like oh, she's <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden a jujitsu master, and you know it's very believable. Like yeah. there's this one scene where she's getting thrown around by this guy that is like three times her size, and she's like really getting thrown the fuck around. Like it's not like yeah. Like none of that shit. Like, like, like no, nothing like that. Um, and for as much craziness as I heard that it's a pro gun movie, I don't see that at all. Like she is, she has a degree of proficiency. Yeah. With using weapons, but like it's, I wouldn't look at that like a pro gun movie whatsoever. Great movie. Check it out if you get a chance. Run, yeah. hide, fight. That is our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep listening. We're about to go into the in the field interviews. So check those out. And when you're done checking those out, if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, give us a five-star review. If you know somebody that's interested in the things that we talk about, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. And if you want to help us stay independent, go to our website, donate an amount of your choosing, and buy some merch. And after you're done listening to those interviews, if you want to see the video, go on over to our YouTube channel that's Hanging With Apes on YouTube. Just type in Hanging With Apes. The channel will pop up. And you can watch the video, like and subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace. What's up, everybody? This is K-Cartoon of the Hanging with Apes podcast. And today we are in the field in downtown Chicago. Yes, the mean streets of Chicago. And what we're going to do is ask people about inflation. We want to know how it's affecting them, how badly it's affecting them, if they see it getting any better, and if they think the leaders of our nation have a plan to fix it. Let's get into it. I'm here with Musman and Shanze. And they're from Texas and they agreed to speak with us here in Chicago, which is great because a lot of Chicago people aren't talking to us today. So <laughs> one question I want to ask, it wasn't in my list of questions, but I think it's worth asking since you guys are from Texas. Do you notice a significant difference in prices here in Chicago than there are in Texas? And if so, on what items? Um, everything. The cost of living in Texas is so minimal. The gas is like what, like two dollars more expensive? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like around four over there. Here it's like six. But I lived in Austin yeah. and it's pretty comparable to here. Really? I'm yeah. in Houston. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, do you guys know what inflation is? Yeah. 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 How, what would you how would you describe it? Well how would you categorize it? 
like the value of money decreasing basically perfect that's exactly what it is now on a scale from one to ten how much would you say inflation is affecting you ten being the worst one being not bad at all affecting us yes oh uh, we're in our 20s so like probably an eight <laughs> i mean eight, nine, i just graduated school and i'm doing nothing so not really that much i guess <laughs> <laughs> Where does your pocketbook rank in terms of your voting issues? Voting issues? Pretty low. I mean, pretty low for me. Yeah. So how much money you have in your pocket doesn't really matter too much in terms of... Not really. Like, like I'm pretty... I'm a therapist. I'm not, like, in a high-income field. But, like, I don't... I think... Like, I kind of vote for... I'm broke, so I, I like, vote. I vote according to other people, though. I mean, I, I even if I was making a lot of money, I don't think I would be voting conservative at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even working right now, so it doesn't affect it at all. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, you guys have been great. Thank you so much for participating. Anything you want to say closing out in terms... Oh, one thing I just came to mind. If you could just throw out something crazy, whatever, have fun with it in terms of what would you do to fix prices going up? What's an idea that you have right off the bat? Cut military spending immediately. Decrease military spending. Decrease the police budget. Put it all towards education. Put it all towards public services, public health, mental health services. Yeah, I'm just gonna second that. (laughs) Thank you guys so. I don't have my. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for participating. See ya. All right. Thanks so much. All right, I'm here with Martin. Martin, how do you feel about prices going up everywhere? Food, gas, groceries, everything. Is it affecting you? How do you feel about it? Well, it affects me a little bit less because I'm employed and the type of stuff that I buy is not going up as much and I don't have a baby or anything. A lot of folks who it affects a lot more because uh, I think about it a lot because my brother has a kid, diapers, baby food, that kind of stuff really uh, puts a stress on them. Absolutely. On a scale from one to 10, 10 being the worst, one being not bad at all, how badly would you say uh, inflation is affecting you right now? Me personally, it's probably a three or four, but I can see for other people that being up at like an eight or nine. Awesome. That's good you're doing so well. Now, um, where does your pocketbook your money, your wallet, financial issues, personal financial issues. Let's wait for the train to pass. Longest train ever. Okay. In terms of financial issues, where does your pocketbook rank in terms of the issues that you vote for? Well, it's complicated because, I mean, I don't by any means make a bunch of money, but also it doesn't cost a lot for me to live in Chicago. Most of my money goes towards rent and groceries, but it's still, I'm not, you know, I don't have any dependents. So in terms of that, I think mostly about people who would have dependents uh, and uh, it's pretty high up there. Uh, it, I, I worry about it in terms of folks who have families and might be working a similar job as me because if I had to take care of people, I'd be in a lot more pressure. Absolutely. 
And if you can throw out one crazy idea from your imagination, whatever the first thing it is that comes to your mind in terms of reducing inflation, fixing inflation, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? It's easy, tax the rich. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah. I'm here with Trey and Zay. And I'm gonna ask them some questions about prices going up. Before we did the interview, you said something that I found very profound. What'd you say about prices going up? How you feel about it? It's increasing poverty. Increasing poverty. On a scale from one to 10, 10 being the worst, one being not bad at all, how bad is inflation affecting you guys? I'll start with you this time. I would say it's definitely affecting me an eight. An eight? A solid eight. Solid eight. A solid 10. Solid 10. In terms of your pocketbook, where does that issue rank in terms of other issues when it comes to voting? Ooh, let me think. Uh, mind you, I'm high as fuck right now, so I'm trying to figure. <laughs> Ask that question again. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfectly fine. In terms of your pocketbook, so your money, your wallet, oh, okay. where does that rank with other issues that you vote for? Uh, That's the number one thing, I guess. I agree. Oh, anything that affects my money is definitely number one. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true, bro. You guys remember the stimulus checks, right? Yeah. I do remember that from Trump, right? <laughs> now, with those stimulus checks, they're saying that mm -hmm. that contributed greatly to the inflation that we're seeing currently. Were those stimulus checks worth the prices that we're currently facing? Now that I think about it, uh, I'm a little mixed on the feeling, you know, because like it did help out at the start. But now we we're paying for it. It's a price to everything. Everything has a catch. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. What about you? I worth it. I, I will personally say it is totally not worth it only because what them stand checks like what you got like twelve hundred. But all the time I'm having to pay for gas and gas and gas just to go to work. But it's just kind of far for me. It's way more. It's, a, it's accounting to way more than just some 1200 or 2000 If there's one crazy idea that you want to throw out there, any crazy imagined idea that you want to just throw out there in terms of helping inflation, like what, what, what's the first thing that comes to mind in terms of making the problem better, what would you say? Uh, good question. That's a very good question. Um, to be honest, uh, we should work on helping people find better jobs. Like in the city and all that, we don't have too many opportunities in the city. A lot of people don't want to hire people for literally no reason sometimes. And the good jobs are way too far from us that live in the, on the south side of Chicago. Interesting. That's a good perspective. What about you? Um, honestly, I don't I, usually, you know, how like the way, you know, the cost of living has gone up. But so has like the, you know, the minimum wage has gone up, but the price of living goes up, too. So if one goes up. The other is going to go up to compensate it. And unfortunately, the stimulus just boosted that up. The only way you could actually, the only way you could even think of trying to counter this is just to actually, you would have to really start to lower prices. You could only lower the prices. You could, you could rank up, I say, in order to try and balance it, you could rank up prices in certain areas. Like, I think a crazy idea would just be to probably increase certain prices, like for like eggs, milk things like that and then try to greatly decrease other things like gas interesting so kind of offset the two things yeah, offset it. one last question for you fellas 
You ready? You ready? I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. Who do you feel was doing a better job with things economically? Trump or Biden? Feel free to answer it. If you don't want to answer it, I understand. No, We're living in a political time. A lot of times people don't want to talk about these things. But if you do want to answer, who do you think was doing better? I don't like them. I don't vote for them. But if I'm being, especially from money perspective, the the actual businessman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My opinion on that, uh, honestly, I feel like both of them had the downsides and upsides. But it's like choosing the lesser of evil, basically. Because in my opinion, they don't do shit. But, uh, you know. So who was the lesser, the lesser evil? Was Trump. A lot of people going to uh, shit on me for that, for being black and saying that. But I don't do politics either way, so it doesn't matter to me. But it feels like to me, me looking it out from the outside of all that, not being the motherfucker that like uh, politics, they Trump did a little bit better. Thank you guys so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem, man. And what's y'all YouTube channel? Hanging with apes.